Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Wrestling Unlimited. As it's Monday, and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. Of course, tonight's Monday Night Raw does go. It was the go-home show for SummerSlam. And I guess you can say one match that was rumored for SummerSlam may have, well, actually may not may have, has been pooled and just is going to take place on Raw in two weeks. And that's Trish and Becky, which is very interesting. We'll get into all that later, but we've been hearing for months Trish and Becky at SummerSlam. Trish and Becky at SummerSlam, and then the match is happening on a random Raw in two weeks in Canada. So I don't know why that change was made, but whatever. We got other stuff um, set up for SummerSlam. More progression towards that show this Saturday. That should be really, really fun. And a whole lot of other stuff. But Luke, what did you think of tonight's Monday Night Raw? I thought it was a very decent go-home show. There was a lot of effective promos that happened tonight. I actually really liked. I will say it wasn't the go-home show that I expected. But it was still, in my opinion, a very effective go-home show for SummerSlam. If, I don't know if you agree, but that's how I view it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good show to hype everything up. I'm going to tell you, and some may agree, some may not agree. Best thing on the show was Ronda Shayna. That video package with Ronda and Shayna. That's the best thing on this show. Holy crap. Like, Ronda was good, but for some reason, Shayna was just fantastic in that video package. Like, that's the it best. Honestly, Go for it. It honestly reminded me of those, like, video packages you'd see in NXT. Mm-hmm. Like, it, during the black and gold era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I get what you're saying. It did have a slight the prime target feel to it like those prime target specials but yeah and then we got a uh and we'll talk about it here in a little bit a brock cody video package that's just went way too long way too long i got bored of it but with that we got a bunch of stuff to talk about pertaining to tonight's monday night rob before that i want to say thank you for joining us here twitch.tv forward slash pw unlimited youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited and podcast services all around the globe like stitcher spotify google pod app pod anchor iHeartRadio, and so much more remember if you are watching live on twitch you can help us out a couple of different ways you can help us out by uh, hitting that donate button down below putting a hype chat in the live chat on twitch or Subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games. And you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here for Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember, head over to YouTube, hit that uh, join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're getting Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Remnant 2, The Expanse of Telltale series, or trying to get Nicolas Cage and Dead by Daylight, use this code down here, down at the bottom, PWU at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Trying to claim the free games? Homeworld Remastered Collection or Severed Steel? Trying to get bucks for Fortnite, Rocket League, or Fortnite and Fall Guys? Again, use our code P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, 
Also, since 1913, we had one. A random ad just started playing on one of my. That was weird. Like a random tab got opened in my Chrome browser and an ad started playing. That was weird. Anyways, so correct me if I'm I'm mistaken. No Rhea Ripley match announced for SummerSlam. I guess not, because they didn't really announce anything tonight, and they kind of like. I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but they kind of played off that that Rhea might have injured Raquel's, yeah, or she might not be cleared for SummerSlam. Right, because Adam Pierce told her, and we'll get to it later once we get to that part of the show. But Adam Pierce was like, "No, you'll get your match, but not until you're ready." It was like, "What? Not until she's ready, huh?" And and you know the whole Liv Morgan injury thing. They played that up tonight as well, but. Very weird, no Ronda or Rhea Ripley match for SummerSlam. And if we really look at it, there's only two women's matches on the SummerSlam card. We went from four rumored matches to two. So I don't I mean, understand that. I mean, my guess is maybe they just didn't really have space for it because, you know, you got, there got space. quite a bit of stuff announced for SummerSlam. Maybe they, well, I mean, they probably do have space, but. Here, let's Maybe they probably want probably want one match to go like super long to where they probably don't have time to do the Rhea match because they probably no. want like Roman and Jey Uso. They probably want that to be a pretty long match. No, it's SummerSlam. This show can go long and people will be fine with it. But let's run down. I'm just gonna do this to start here. We're gonna run down everything that has been announced for SummerSlam. Everything that was announced and advertised tonight. So. Tribal Combat. They said tonight this match is not just for the Universal Championship or the Undisputed Championship, but also the Tribal Chiefdom is what Kevin Patrick said. Hence why he's got the the lay on the belt in the background. And keep in mind, these four matches I'm about to say, these first four, are all main events. Like, why do you need four freaking main events? Universal or WWE World Heavyweight Championship match, Seth and Finn. Triple threat match for the women's championship. Asuka, Bianca, Charlotte, and then Brock and Cody. Also a main event. Then we have four other matches. The SummerSlam Battle Royal, which this was an interesting one. Because they were like, we have the SummerSlam Battle Royal this coming Saturday at, at, at SummerSlam. Can people like, or they said, who can be, could someone like LA Knight or Sheamus be victorious? I'm like, well, didn't Nakamura and Ciampa earlier in the night say they were both in it? So why do you got to only bring up? I don't know. We also got the IC title match, Gunter and Drew. Got Ronda and Shayna in an MMA rules match. They didn't give any more details on what that means. And then Ricochet versus Logan Paul. So that's everything that was officially announced tonight for SummerSlam. And if you look at it, that's eight matches, right? Seven, no, six of those are Raw matches and two SmackDown matches. Well, no, I take that back. One, two, three. Wait. One, two, three, four, five Raw matches. Two SmackDown matches. And then the Battle Royal is supposed to be co-branded. But yeah, it's a Raw-heavy show. Oh, yeah. So I don't I mean, know. 
they probably only needed like two things from SmackDown for, for well, that show. I mean, it's SummerSlam. I would love, I would even it out, but it's like, what the hell? They haven't really been building much up on SmackDown for anything, anyways, outside of the bloodline and the woman's title. So everybody else is just doing random ass stuff. I mean, they did do that number one contendership for the U.S. title, but then that's just going to end up being a match on SmackDown. So, I don't know. Eight matches for SummerSlam. To me, it's SummerSlam, so I would have expected more. Just going to say it. I would have expected more matches. I would have expected expected maybe ten. Because, you know, a, Triple H, a normal Triple H main card or pay-per-view for the, the main roster, six, seven matches. But adding only... One more is eight. And how much you want to bet there's a good chance that Battle Royal ends up on the pre-show? I mean, there's a very good chance that that happens. I know they haven't I, been doing... Go for it. So here's my thing about the Battle Royal. It just feels so random because it's like... Mm-hmm. Like, whoever wins, like... What, what happens from there? Do they get, like, a random title shot? Or do they just say, like, I won the Battle Royal, so... So you have to say I'm great. Hey, remember who what won happens? the remember who won the WrestleMania Battle Royal on a SmackDown this year? Bobby Lashley. Yep. And what happened with him? Nothing. Nothing. Battle Royals don't mean jack. <laughs> but regardless, I mean, unless, unless you say like like a number one contender's Battle Royal, right? Should be. But. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, as far as Monday Night Raw does go, the show opened up with an in-memory-of graphic for Adrian Street, who passed away, I think, overnight or early this morning. Tim Patrick then welcomed everybody to Monday Night Raw. Corey Graves began running down the card for the night when Logan Paul's music would hit and Paul would come down to the ring to open up the show. Logan Paul welcomed everybody to Monday Night Raw as a chorus of boos rang through the building in Houston, Texas. Paul said that he wasn't there for the fans. Instead... He was here for Ricochet. Well, when Paul tried to speak, the crowd drowned him out with booze. Not quite as much as Dominic, but they were getting there. Paul recalled how Ricochet attacked him last week, and the fans gave Paul the what treatment. Paul said that he will beat Ricochet in the most viral match in WWE history at SummerSlam. And on cue, out would come Ricochet. Crowd chanted Ricochet's name. Ricochet! Ricochet! And Ricochet said last week, he was in Paul's live stream, but this week, he is in Paul's head. Ricochet said Paul isn't the good guy in their situation. Ricochet said that Paul can't, uh, can't foot Houston. I'm not sure what that really means. Ricochet said that he thinks Paul is a horrible human being, but Ricochet admitted that he respects Paul as an athlete and a competitor. Paul said that he appreciated Ricochet's comments, and then the crowd chanted, You suck. Paul said that Ricochet is one of the best ever to do it until Paul showed up and he became one of the best ever instead. Paul recalled how their feud began all the way back at the Royal Rumble with a very viral moment that Logan made. And then he goes, guy in the truck, cue the clip. In case you haven't haven't remembered this. And so they played the spot from the Royal Rumble where they did the dive and the crash in the middle and this and that. Paul then extended a fist bump and said, we're going to have one hell of a match at SummerSlam. Ricochet obliged at the fist bump. Ricochet turned away to leave and goes, wait, 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 wait one more thing. You know what's going to happen when I beat you? That girl right over there. 
our little ring announcer, Samantha Irvin. That's your fiance, right? And Ricochet's like, don't talk about her. Don't talk about her. He said, when I beat you at SummerSlam, she's going to then have to say, and your winner, Logan Paul. The two then brawled. As a result of the comments, Ricochet came off the top rope, but Paul caught him with a right hand and ended the segment. I thought this was a fine little segment. I mean, it wasn't great because for some reason. So when Logan Paul is just being Logan Paul, he's good on the mic. When Logan Paul is trying to be the heel and tries, he tries too hard a little bit sometimes. So like this whole Ricochet thing where he's trying to be the heel on purpose, it's come off a little too scripted for me, but this wasn't bad. What did you think? I liked the opening segment. I really did. I, I really liked the part where he where Logan Paul said, you know, once I win our match at SummerSlam, your fiance will say that I'm the winner. Yeah. Like I thought that was very effective. Right. It just gives Ricochet another layer on why to not like Logan Paul. Who do you I, think wins this match? See, that's a tough one because Logan Paul's lost what? His last Three matches or just two matches? Logan Paul. I think singles matches only like two. That's what I think. I'm going to double check right here. Logan he beat Paul. The Miz last year at SummerSlam. Right. But he... Because technically, he hasn't won a match since The Miz match last year at SummerSlam. He lost to Roman. He lost in the Rumble. He lost to Seth at Mania. And he didn't win the Money in the Bank. So I feel like if he loses this one, then fans are going to feel like, well, why should we care about him in his, in his future matches if this guy keeps losing? Right, but at the same time, I would honestly like to see Ricochet win and take that momentum and maybe challenge Gunter, or if it's Drew coming out of SummerSlam, which I don't think it's going to be, challenge for the IC title. Like Take the momentum of beating Logan Paul and being like, hey, I beat this guy that everyone said was so good, and I want to do something better than just fighting Logan Paul. Like, if I was booking it, I would go Ricochet, but Same. I can totally see why WWE would choose Logan Paul. Right. Um, there was a video package featuring the Gunter Drew McIntyre stuff. We then go to the back where Jackie Redman welcomes Imperium for an um, interview. Gunther said that he doesn't live in the past and pointed out that he is currently disappointed with Ludwig Kaiser. Guys, uh, Gunther said that Kaiser can redeem himself later in the night by taking on and defeating Matt Riddle. Gunther said that he will personally end McIntyre at SummerSlam and the show went back to the ring where Riddle made his entrance for the match with Kaiser that went about 11 minutes. I thought this was... A really, really good match between the two guys. I thought they worked really well together. And it was damn near a perfect television match. Like a perfect match for a Raw. I would say if this was on a pay-per-view, it would just be a, another match on the show. But as a match on like weekly television, I thought this was a really good television match. The right, riddle, it was, this match was a lot better than what I expected. I thought oh yeah. it was just going to be like a, like a riddle, like... Just casually just winning a match, but no, like they actually made Kaiser stand out in this match. Yeah, I thought this was going to be another seven-minute Riddle gets his butt beat, Gunther gets involved, 
type of a match. But it wasn't. The Riddle had the early advantage, taking Kaiser down repeatedly. Kaiser gained control with the back elbow and a forearm. Kaiser worked side headlock. Riddle fought out of it and landed a pair of gut-wrench suplexes. The two traded strikes until Riddle hit a fisherman suplex and got a two off of it. Riddle lifted Kaiser, but Kaiser worked out of it and uh, out of it to run Riddle into the ring post. Kaiser followed this up with a drop kick and a European uppercut on the outside. Riddle regained control with a series of high-flying moves as the show went to a commercial break. When the show returned, Kaiser landed a kick to Riddle's head to take control. Riddle then fought back with a series of chops and kicks. Riddle landed an exploder and a broton to keep momentum. Riddle then hit a German suplex and goes for the pin, where I think it was Corey Graves goes, what irony would that have been if the German Ludwig Kaiser lost to a German suplex? That popped me. That popped me a little bit. Riddle then landed another Broton, and he went for yet another, and Kaiser got his knees up. Kaiser hit what Patrick called a Kaiser roll, kind of funny, and got a two. Kaiser was quickly distracted, but came back with a knee to the head and a powerbomb for a good near fall. Riddle then went for the bro Derek, but Kaiser countered into a roll-up and got a two. The two traded strikes, and Riddle knocked Kaiser down before going for a moonsault. Kaiser moved at the last second and ultimately hit his finisher for the win. So after the match, Gunther extends his hand to Kaiser, basically saying, hey, you redeemed yourself. So what do you think of the match itself? Oh, the match was great. One of the best matches tonight, honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably... Honestly, what... I was not mad that Kaiser won. Definitely no. wasn't. I expected Riddle to win, but I wasn't mad that Kaiser won. Right. I'm kind of happy you won. So, I don't know. I think this was probably, in my opinion, at least best match of the night. I liked it a little better than the main event. Just because I thought these guys worked so well together. Oh, yeah. Uh, Logan Paul was walking around backstage. when he's interrupted by Byron Saxton. Paul insulted Ricochet and told Saxton to get the microphone out of his face. And then he stormed off. Then, we got a Cody Rhodes... Brock Lesnar video package highlighting their entire feud. And this thing went so long that I was like, holy crap. Like at one point, so the video package starts and I'm like, okay, I see what this is. I don't need to pay attention to this because I know the whole story. So I go in the other room to get my kids their dinner. You know, I was making dinner at the same time. And I'm like, oh, perfect time to take a, you know, take a step away and get them their stuff and this and that. And where come back. And I'm like, this this still going on? Like, this video package felt like it lasted 20 minutes. I know it didn't, but it felt so long. And it's got this, like, weird slow music in the background. And it's just, I, this was not, this was not it. I, I was not a fan of this video package. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't either. I, I feel like they're trying way too hard with Cody and Brock at this point. Right. And as we learn later, no stip just straight up Cody versus Brock in another singles match. That's kind of weird. I have a letdown in my opinion. I would have expected a stick right. to make it more exciting, but honestly, this is kind of a letdown. So, what was not a letdown, Maxine Dupree and Valhalla. Match goes three and a half minutes, and boy, was this exactly what it needed to be. And freaking Maxine wins with a Japanese Ocean Cyclone Suplex. Oh, yeah, that Holy was awesome. crap. 
I mean, the match wasn't all that good. It's Maxine's first match. Valhalla's good. Valhalla, she's solid in the ring. Maxine, still got a ways to go. But this match was... I'm trying to think. This may have been the better singles match debut of the weekend or the last two days, last 24 hours. Because we had the Gable-Steveson match on Great American Bash. Then we had this singles match tonight. One thing I will say is Maxine needs to get a little quicker on her worm or caterpillar because she like does the one and then she stops herself, reposition, does the, and then she rips, does it again. Like get a little quicker on it. Anyways. Apologies. I mean, it takes a while to do a perfect worm though. So I'm sure it takes a while. Right. Valhalla jump starts the match with a shotgun dropkick to Dupree early. After a quick burst of energy, Valhalla whipped Dupree around and grabbed her by the hair. Valhalla worked on a submission, but Dupree came back with an arm drag. Dupree then landed a fisherman's suplex and a splash in the corner. Otis and Gable stood at ringside on the uh, at ringside and jumped up on the apron at one point and encouraged Dupree to go for the worm or the caterpillar, whatever you want to call it, and then she landed an elbow to Valhalla. Dupree went to the top and hit a crossbody, but then for some reason, Eric jumps in the ring like he's trying to break the pin or something. I don't know. He's distracting the referee. So Otis goes over, attacks him. Gable gets to the top rope, moonsault on everybody on the outside. Valhalla then took back control after all that and went to the top. Dupree then grabs her, puts her on her shoulders, and hits her with the Japanese ocean cyclone suplex and picks up the victory. She had, like, she didn't just hit the move, fall into it, or no. She had a great bridging pin and everything. She looked good doing the move. So yeah, Maxine Dupree defeats Valhalla in her first singles match. There we go. I mean, she ain't going to be out there wrestling every single week on Raw, winning a bunch of matches or anything, I don't think. But her first singles match ever, it delivered. What'd you think? Uh, It's basically exactly what you expect from, from like someone's first ever match on television. Right. Definitely better than the Gable Steepson one. Yeah, but that wasn't, like, I've seen all the criticism for that since last night, but that was not ever supposed to be a match. It was just supposed to be a fight and a brawl with Gable and Corbin. So I I know I just compared the two. You really can't compare the two because they're completely different. One's an actual match and the other was not. So Nakamura was shown backstage and Ciampa interrupts, confronts him. Ciampa said tonight he's going to fix the problem they have. Ciampa says that he needs to pick up some momentum before going into the SummerSlam Battle Royal. Nakamura said, no, he is going to win and then win the Battle Royal. And then, well, we cut to the Judgment Day. So basically, that was them telling us, hey, by the way, there's a Nakamura-Champa match later tonight. Damian Priest starts speaking in Spanish and then told everyone, rise for the Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley said that Raw doesn't just Start whenever. It starts when the Judgment Day says, because this is their world. Ripley then talked about putting Liv Morgan on the shelf last week. Priest wondered who might stop them and mentioned Kevin Owens. Nah, put him on the shelf. Sami Zayn. Nah, we've done with him. Seth Rollins. Eh, we're going to take care of him. Priest then said the Judgment Day took care of all of them and nobody can stop the Judgment Day. Finn then spoke next and called Seth Rollins someone who wants to look insane. Balor said... Insanity is waking up every day for the last seven years and seeing the scars he inflicted. Balor 
talked about how Rollins ruined his career. Balor said that he can't erase the scars, but he will inflict scars. Balor said that those scars will make him feel better. Dirty Dom tried to speak, and the crowd booed and booed the hell out of this man. Dom said that he's going to bring back the Mysterio name. Ripley then spoke again and spoke up and talked about how Raquel Rodriguez ran and hid from her. But Raquel's music then hits, and she walks down to the ring with a purpose. Rodriguez and Ripley then brawled inside the ring. Rodriguez clotheslined Ripley over the top rope and threw Ripley into the guardrail. Rodriguez then threw Ripley outside or around ringside. Raquel's momentum stopped when Ripley chop blocked her and took out the knee. Officials then ran down to try and break everything up, and Raquel, uh, Rhea took off and ran away from Raquel. Well, it was an effective segment. I mean, it's not like it's not unlike most Judgment Day segments. They run down people, they're fighting. Dom gets booed. Rhea tries to speak for him, but the only difference was the Raquel stuff. Which is, it's still weird that they did this, but they're not doing the match at SummerSlam. Yeah, I thought that was a little weird too. I mean, I don't think Raquel's actually hurt. I mean, if he's act- no. if she's actually hurt, then you know that then that explains it. But if she's not hurt, then like, why aren't they doing this match at, at SummerSlam? Right. Also, I mean, we'll I mean we'll see in the cup in the coming days of why they're not doing it at SummerSlam. Maybe they still announce it. Who knows? Right. So. One thing about this Seth Rollins and Finn Balor match that I just remembered tonight. So, and and I and I get this is not going to be fully like a good comparison because what I'm about to mention was not a singles match between the two, but Finn keeps talking about how oh, you know, you messed with me and I beat you seven years ago, but you injured me and took my career and this and that and blah 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 blah. And I want my revenge, and I haven't been able to fight you since. But the two have fought since. WrestleMania. What was the one in New Orleans? 34? It was the two of them and Miz for the IC title. Oh, yeah. It was 34, yeah. Yeah. Well, they have fought since that SummerSlam in 2016. I remember that one because, like, I remember, like, Miz almost missed that match because, like, his baby was going to be born. So that was the whole thing. That's the one, that's, like, the main reason I remember the match is because there was a thing on Miz and Misses of Maurice watching it from home. And, like, Miz was saying, like, I might have to miss it because, like, my baby might be due around SummerSlam right. and I might have to not wrestle because my wife's mm-hmm. going to have the baby and stuff. But here's the thing. I wish they would have brought this match up because who won that match? Oh, Seth Rollins. Seth could have, could have brought this up being like, yeah, you beat me seven years ago. Well, hold on, hold on. I want to get this right. Who took the pin in this match, though? Was it The Miz or was it um, uh, Finn? Because if it was Finn, then they could have brought this up. It was Miz, I believe. I'm going to double check right here. Um... I'm trying to find the notes here. So let's go. Um, Balor performed a coup de gras on the Miz, only for Rollins to perform a curb stomp on Balor on top of the Miz. Rollins then performed another curb stomp on the Miz to become the champion. So yeah, it was the Miz. Yeah, since it was the Miz, you couldn't really bring it up because like Finn didn't really take the pin. True. I mean, they could have. Finn could have been like, oh yeah, and also remember that match where I won the IC title and you didn't? He could have brought it up. It would have been better if he did pin Finn, but regardless, like they're making it seem like these two haven't shared a ring 
since um, 2016. But also, let me look at one other thing really fast. Because haven't these guys been doing matches every weekend on the house shows? Seth and Finn? Probably. Yeah, yeah every weekend. It's either Seth and Finn or Seth and Dom. <clears throat> For the last, like, month. Two I remember months. they had a match on. I remember they had a match on Raw last year as well. It was the night where, like, Seth got attacked by a fan. That's right. I forgot about that. Like, the match itself. Hold on. Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor 2022. Um, let's see, Raw 2022, not seeing, not seeing it, oh, here we go, November, November 2022, Seth freaking Rollins versus Finn Balor for the United States Championship, that's what it was. Maybe I think, the I don't think that was the same night as the fan thing then. That might have been 2021, honestly. Mm, I'm on WWE's YouTube. It's the Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor United States Championship Raw, November 14, 2022. But I also remember the night where like Seth got attacked by a fan. Like they had to hurry up and cut to Finn because Finn was all beat up in the ring. I, I, I vaguely remember. Like I can't remember. Let's see. Seth Rollins fan attack. Um. Yeah, this video is not. Unless it was just me... a beatdown segment, I don't know. It may have been. Well, what was the date on that? Because I can go back to that. We're, we're looking too much into stuff, but yeah, no, these two literally fought less than a year ago, and I'm looking at it right here. Seth pinned Finn to retain the U.S. title. Back in November. Just saying. And then he gets attacked by Austin Theory afterwards, but that's a whole other story. I think it was like November in 2021, I believe. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, you're right. Let me see. I've got, I've got an image here. I'm trying to see, is that been in the ring? Yeah, because Finn's laying in the ring in this shot that I'm looking at. I don't remember if it was an actual match or just a brawl. But yeah, him and Finn have been doing shit every year. Like, at least once or twice a year, they have a match or feud or something. So, I don't know. Um, we get this awesome Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler video package. Shayna starts it off basically being like, you know, Ronda did do a lot for me. When I didn't have much, brought me into her home. She told me that I didn't need to work or anything, that she would provide me with everything I needed. But in turn, I had to be her sparring partner. I had to let her beat me up every day. For what? Nothing. I had no money. I just had to do whatever she wanted me to do. And then it cuts to Rhonda, and Rhonda's already crying, saying, Shayna took advantage of me being her friend, and this and that, and... Talks about, like, the young um, trainee turning on the master and this and that and whatnot. And then it cuts back to Shayna. 
And Shayna was like, and the one thing that's the worst of all of this is outside of her mother and her husband, I was the first one to hold her daughter, my goddaughter. She's never going to forgive me for what I do this Saturday to her mom. I didn't do it justice, but if you haven't seen this segment, go back and watch it. It's like three minutes, but it's great. This was really, really good. And then they did announce that the match will be contested under MMA rules. What did you think of the, the video package segment, whatever you want to call it? Oh, I liked it. Yeah. It, it almost brought back like those old like black and gold NXT like video packages you'd see back in the day. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned to me that earlier. It was like a condensed version of the NXT Prime Target videos. Because those used to be like 15, 20 minutes. Some of them were like, that was anywhere from like 10 to 20 minutes, depending on if it was just part of NXT or an actual like WWE Network's deal. But yeah, this felt like a condensed version of one of those prime targets. And uh, Johnny Smith in the chat says, didn't they, didn't Seth and Finn have a match in that World Heavyweight title tournament? Uh, I believe so. Oh yeah, they did. So yeah, they still have been doing stuff for a while. Yeah. And who won that? Oh yeah. Seth freaking Rollins. Anyways, Alpha Academy was shown backstage when they were interrupted by Imperium. Gunter made fun of them, calling Otis a freak. Gunter said that the last two weeks have been a roller coaster for him and said Gable wouldn't last even five minutes with him in the ring. Gable took exception to that and said, all right, let's see. Five-minute challenge, you and me, later tonight. Gunther accepted. Then we had Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, I mean, at first, I... At first, I thought they were going to do Otis versus Gunther because he's he started talking smack about right. Gunther at first. So I was like, I was like, oh, they're going to do Otis versus Gunther, which is fine. But I'm glad they did Chad Gable versus Gunther because that match was I like that match I like a lot. That. Yeah. So Shinsuke Nakamura took on uh, Tommaso Ciampa in a nine-minute match. Um, Ciampa's entrance was not televised. Actually, neither entrance I don't think was televised. Bronson Reed was shown watching backstage. And basically, Ciampa went to run at Nakamura. Nakamura sidestepped him and got the advantage early on. Ciampa did fight back, though, and gained some momentum with a handful of strikes. Nakamura then cut him off with a knee to Ciampa's midsection. The action went to the apron where Nakamura kicked Ciampa repeatedly. Ciampa evened to the odds with a pair of running knees. Ciampa then clapped and patted himself on the back after throwing... Uh, Nakamura over the barricade, and we go to commercial break. Back from the break, the two traded blows in the middle of the ring. Nakamura landed an enziguri and a sliding German suplex for a two. Ciampa fought back and did a draping DDT for yet another two. Ciampa sold uh, some rib pain, and then Ciampa put Nakamura on the top rope, but Nakamura fought out of it. Nakamura landed a knee into Ciampa's midsection for a two. Nakamura then ran at Ciampa, but Ciampa got his knees up. Ciampa went for a clunky fairy tale ending, but Nakamura rolled Ciampa up in a clunky way to pick up the victory. So, like, the end of the match felt like they were a little bit off, but the rest of the match I thoroughly enjoyed. But for some reason, the end felt just, like, a little like there was some miscommunication. What did you think of the match? I thoroughly enjoyed it throughout, throughout, like, the whole match. It was just the ending I thought was a little clunky. Yeah. Honestly, not mad that Shinsuke won. Mm-hmm. I feel like Shinsuke probably needed it more. I think so. Also, and like, go for it. And for Ciampa, though, he just, he's still like just returned to Raw, so you still have time to like build him up. Correct. And I was shocked because this past weekend, 
Well, Johnny Gargano made his return to the ring at a live event. So I thought maybe, yeah, oh. He faced, he faced Omos. Omos, yeah. So I thought, oh, this would be a great time to bring him back and, like, console Ciampa after the loss or something. No, nothing. I mean, we had that one Johnny Gargano hype video. Then there's, right. like, nothing after that. So you'd think, like, they're yeah, going to do more hype videos with him. We also got a Candice LeRae weird hype video, too, that nothing happened from, so. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they bring these guys back soon. Right, well... I don't know how true it is, but the rumor is that Triple H wanted to bring the way to the main roster and Vince nixed it. That's the rumor. I don't know how true it is, but it was Vince doesn't like the group. Vince, like, vetoed it. It's kind of weird, honestly. I mean, well, like in NXT, like 2.0, we we kept seeing, like, bits and pieces of the way. Well, yeah. Before, like... But Before, I, like, Johnny left and Candace got mm-hmm. pregnant. Right. And I think if Vince can just see, like, DIY against... Right now, it can't be Owens and Zayn because Owens is hurt. But, like, DIY against Alpha Academy on Raw, that could change his mind. Being like, holy crap, DIY. They're so good. Like, Champa and Gargano as a tag team is fantastic. Well, and also when like Johnny Gargano first returned to WWE, like fans were like begging for like DIY versus the Usos or like DIY versus uh, like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. The reason DIY versus the Usos would have made sense because the Usos had the tag titles. But regardless, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I just think that like, I think it was Ciampa that recently said it, that like the goal of his is him and Johnny against Owens and Zayn. So, I don't know if it's going to happen, but we'll see. Because, I mean, you've got Ciampa that you're using. Like, obviously, Vince likes Ciampa because when Vince was running everything last year, he was still using Ciampa on TV with The Miz. So, obviously, there's something in Ciampa Vince likes. Is it Johnny that he's not a fan of? Because go watch any Johnny Gargano takeover match. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Johnny Gargano's probably had the most five-star matches in NXT Black and Gold. <clears throat> Maybe in WWE history. Of anybody in that company. I mean, go look at any. Any Gargano-Cole match. Gargano-Andrade. Gargano... Um, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. What's the... Mm, any of the Gargano-Champa matches like against each other. But what's the one I'm thinking of? There was Gargano versus Aleister Black. That was a good one, too. But, oh, man. Gargano versus Kushida? That may have been it. The one I was thinking. Because I was like, it's a guy that's not around in the company anymore. It may have been Kushida then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was really fun, too. So it's like, you see, Johnny can work with all these different guys in different styles. Like, he would he's be an asset on any roster. I don't know. Triple H got him back, and then Vince was just like, meh. So, we'll see. Next up, we had Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. Brock made his entrance first and grabbed a microphone. Crowd chanted Cody's name, and Brock said, Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brock Lesnar. I am an NCAA heavyweight wrestling champion. I am a UFC heavyweight champion. I am WWE heavyweight champion of the world. 
And then the crowd gave Brock the what treatment? Um, Brock said that at SummerSlam, he'll get paid to fight and kick ass again. Cody Rhodes' ass, that is. Brock said that Cody will get paid to get his ass kicked by Brock. Brock invited Cody out to shake his hand and gave Cody five seconds to come out. Cody's music hits. Cody walks down with his gear on because he knows that if Brock's there, Brock's probably going to want to fight. Cody didn't even stop to do the woes. He's just all business, gets right into the ring, goes right to Brock. Cody walked around the ring, though, first before stepping into it. The two then stared at each other, and Cody extended a hand. Brock smiled and shook it. Brock then walked past Cody and right out of the ring. Cody would then run the ropes and dive onto Brock Lesnar on the outside. Lesnar, though, would catch Cody and low-blowed Cody before grabbing the ring, the ring steps. Brock hit Cody with the steps. Brock looked like he was going to head to the back, but then came back and hit Cody with the steps once more. Brock looked like he was going to go to the back and then came back again, and Brock gave him an F5 on the steps. No, in the ring, my bad. F5 in the ring. Brock then put his cowboy hat and vest back on because he was like, oh, I left these. Boop. Vest on. Then he finally left. For real. So just another Cody getting his ass beat segment, which is telling us Cody's winning at the pay-per-view. Cody wins the SummerSlam. What'd you think? I mean, going into the segment, I would have thought Cody would have had the upper hand. But then, like, when Brock was, like, beating the crap out of him, I was like, geez. They're literally just like having Brock just beat the crap out of Cody every night, which, which is already kind of telling you, Cody's Cody's winning at SummerSlam. So in twenty, I think it was twenty twenty one. I did the math, and it was sixty to seventy percent of the time, whoever is winning at the pay per view, either loses or gets beat down on the go home show. That was back in 2021. I did the math for like four pay-per-views in a row. And it was 60 to 70%. So average out 65% of the time. Whoever wins at the pay-per-view gets beat up or loses a match on the go-home show. And they still book like that. That's just a WWE thing. They want the, quote, loser to have the momentum to make you think momentum means something. I mean, it's not always the case, but... Well, that's why I said. It's like a 60 to 70% thing. It wasn't like every time, but it was more than more than half. Well, more than half. As we move forward, we had what was supposed to be a five-minute match end up in a 13-minute match, Chad Gable and Gunta. And man, was this good. So the two lock up early, and Gunter threw Chad Gable across the ring. Gunter threw Gable across the ring yet again. Gable then went for a takedown, but Gunter instead worked Gable's legs. The two engaged in a test of strength, which Gable or which Gunther won. Gunther then stomped on Gable's head. Gunther slammed Gable and covered him twice, but only got a one count both times. Gable fired up and chopped Gunter, but Gunter cut him off with a European uppercut. Gunther then landed a chop to Gable's chest. Gunther went for a powerbomb, but Gable rolled out and sunk in an ankle lock. The two then got to their feet, and Gunther hit a hard chop, followed by a sleeper hold, and Gable faded. 
Gunther then went for a powerbomb, but Gable worked out of it, punching the head of Gunther. And this, well, this was enough to last the five minutes. So after the five minutes were up, Gunther then grabbed a mic and yelled, that uh, the match needs to continue, the match needs to continue. And then we get the word, this match will continue. Gable landed a dropkick at one point, and the show went to a commercial break. When the show came back from the break, Gunther was chopping Gable in the corner. Gable grabbed Gunther's arm and sunk in an armbar. Gable then followed that up with a dropkick and went for another one until Gunther moved. Gable uh, came right back and worked another armbar. Gunther then got out and hit a German suplex for a two. Gunther went to the top, but Gable cut him off and landed a superplex. On his feet, Gable hit a bunch of strikes before Gunther slowed it down with a chop. Gable responded with a German suplex, which was enough for a two. Gunther got up and landed a boot and a chop for a two. Gable went for another German suplex, but Gunther countered with a series of chops. Gunther finally finished a powerbomb attempt, and got him, uh, which got him the victory. So, Gunther does eventually win the match, but you can still say Chad Gable won as well with the five-minute challenge. What did you think of the match before we go to Gunther's post-match stuff? Honestly, they did a good job of, of making like both guys like seem equal, though. You know, you had Chad Gable mm-hmm. in the first part where like like he really like won his part, but then like Gunther kind of like won at the end. But it still made did a good job of trying to make both guys seem like right. equally good, if that makes sense. And I and I do like that when they do that with mm-hmm. wrestlers. So after the match, Gunther grabs a microphone and what? Stands on the commentary table because that's his thing. He told the crowd to celebrate his success. And on Saturday, he will not lose his Intercontinental Championship. Gunther said on Saturday, he's going to end Drew McIntyre. I always like when they have Gunther stand on the announce table. It's different and I like it. I'm glad that they keep doing that. And they've only started doing that when he was on Raw. I believe so. He may have done it once or twice on SmackDown, but they didn't make it a thing until he came to Raw. Cody Rhodes was interviewed backstage by Byron Saxon. Cody said Brock could break his arm, ribs, or even his jaw. But at SummerSlam, the aura of Brock Lesnar will be shattered. And then Cody stormed off. Becky Lynch comes out. She stood in the ring and says, The man has come around to Houston, Texas. Lynch said that she's done everything she needed and wants her rematch with Trish Stratus tonight. Becky said that she can't think of a better place or a better time. Stratus and Starks then come out. Stratus has a microphone. Stratus told Becky, hey, nobody tells me when and where I got to do what I want to do. I told you you'll get your match, and you will get your match, but I'm not ready. Trish said that the one thing that she is is not a cheater. And unlike, unlike the Houston Astros, crowd booed. Stratus then said again, I'll give you the match when I'm ready. And all of a sudden, Adam Pierce appears. Adam Pierce says, no, this match is happening. And it's happening right now. So Trish gets in the ring. The bell rings. One, two, three. Zoe Starks jumps in, attacks Becky Lynch. Ding, ding, ding. Four seconds later, DQ victory for Becky Lynch. So that was it. Four second match. Becky technically wins. They then beat down Becky. Becky tries to fight back. Stratus hits her with a chair. 
and the heels leave as Lynch sold her midsection in pain. I thought this was non-effective like all of the Trish Stratus stuff. I was not a fan or cared at all about this. What'd you think? This was honestly not needed tonight. I'm going to say it right now. Well, this I mean, not needed. I wouldn't go that far because we at least needed to know when this match was going to take place. But I, I didn't like the way it happened. I thought this was stupid in, oh, well, we're going to say that she did get the match, but then ended in DQ. So that's the man. No. We go backstage. And Stratus and Starks are all happy with what they did when they're confronted by Adam Pierce, And Trish is like, no, that was the match. I told her she can have a match. And she got the match. And so he's like, yeah. And then I went in and I attacked. And you heard the ding, ding, ding. The match actually started. And then the ding, 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 the match actually ended. So she got an actual match. She got a match. And Adam Pierce is like, no. That's not how things work here. And Trish is like, well, you made me go out there not ready. He goes, you want to be ready? How about I give you two weeks to get ready? Winnipeg, you versus Becky Lynch, and you, Zoe, will be banned from ringside. We then got the second half of the Baszler Rousey uh, video package again. Tremendous. Really good. Awesome. So it is interesting, though, that Trish and Becky, and I get it, will do the match in Canada, whatever, but... I'd say this match should be taking place at SummerSlam, but whatever. Whatever they're going to do, it's all on them. Before we get to our main event match, talk about our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot. <clears throat> For the fan and all of us, Pro Wrestling Loot is a curated box of pro wrestling merchandise sent to you every single month at one low cost. Each month, you're going to get a t-shirt, autographs, posters, art, and collectibles. This past month, they sent us the CMLL Welterweight Championship. For our listeners right here, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout and you will get 20% off your next purchase. Again, head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout to get 20% off your next order. As far as the main event goes, it was Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn taking on Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. I thought this was a really good main event match. Uh, some more dissension between Priest and Balor. And they're still building to whatever that's going to be. But uh, Judgment Day made their way to the ring and Rollins and Zayn attacked in the aisle. Rollins and chased Balor to the back. And Rollins with Zayn stood tall in the ring as the show went to a commercial break before the match really even started. Like they got a, went to a break before the match itself even started. Back from the commercial, Dominic was punching Rollins, but Rollins threw Dom into the corner and kicked Dom in the head. Zayn tagged in and hit an axe handle on Dom's arm. Priest then tagged in and gave Judgment Day control. Zayn then fought back and took Priest down before tagging in Rollins, who hit a double stomp on Priest's arm. Rollins came back with the uh, sec. Came off the second rope, but Priest caught him with an elbow. Dom then tagged in, punched Rollins, and posed. Rollins fired up and chopped Dom before landing a splash in the corner. Rollins went for another one and missed. Dom tagged in Priest, who landed a super kick on Rollins. Dom tagged back in and punched Rollins repeatedly. Dom tagged in Priest. Rollins went on the apron, and Balor pulled Rollins off the apron while the ref was distracted and landed a few blows. The show then went to another commercial break. When the show did return, Dominic was actually in control over Seth Rollins, but Priest tagged in, and Rollins rolled away to get the hot tag to Sammy, who took out Priest. 
Zane then threw Priest to the outside, where Zane landed a dive on Priest back inside the ring. Zane landed a tornado DDT, and Dom broke up the pin attempt. Dom then tagged in and set up Zane for a 619. When Dom ran towards Zane, though, Zane clotheslined Dominic. Zane tagged Rollins, and Priest tagged in as well. Rollins then hit a top rope's uh, tope, uh, tope suicida on Priest, the outside. Rollins then stared at Balor on the outside and roll, rolled Priest into the ring. Priest did eventually try to go for the south of heaven, but Rollins uh, countered it and hit him with a super kick. Dominic then cut Rollins off, but Zayn took out Dom. Ripley then ran over to yell at Sammy. While the ref was yelling at Ripley to not get involved, Balor dropkicked Zayn. Inside the ring, Priest landed a razor's edge, but instead of pinning Rollins, decided, you know what? I think I'm going to cash in. He asked Finn to grab him the briefcase. Finn then went to give him the briefcase by jumping up on the apron, but then just hood, stood there for a second. And Damien's like, give me the briefcase! And Finn's like, oh, yeah, cash it in, cash it in, cash it in! But then Seth eventually got to his feet as he was trying to tell the ref to cash it in, and he's like, I'm going to... Oh, no, wait, um, I'm... And then Seth runs at him, Super kicks Priest. Rollins lands the stomp on Priest and picks up the victory. So there we go. Seth Rollins pins Damian Priest to pick up the, the victory. And the show goes off the air with uh, Sammy and Seth standing tall. So again, more dissension within the judgment day of Damian wants to cash in, but Finn wants to be the one to beat Seth. Where are we going here? Maybe... Finn wins at SummerSlam, but then has a, another short title reign when Damian cashes in on him. What do you think of the match itself? I thought the match was really good. I enjoyed it. But I'm really interested to see what Damian Priest does with the briefcase. I mean, there's a good chance he'll cash in on Finn if Finn wins the championship at SummerSlam. Well, see, I think that's the way you, and I don't, I don't want it to happen right now because I think it's too soon to break up Judgment Day, but I think that is ultimately the way you break up Judgment Day. I think Finn should win the belt, and then they go months of Finn Balor paranoid that Damien can cash in on him. Uh, someone in the YouTube chat says, what do, they do? what do they do with Dominic once Judgment Day breaks up? I mean, him and Rhea can still stay a thing. Or he could just be a heel on his own. I don't know. I Honestly, I'd put him down in NXT for a little bit. Just on, If he's going to be on his own, I'll throw him down there in NXT. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, I, I still think that him and Rhea could still be a thing, though, yeah. like if Judgment Day breaks up. Right. Like, not everyone can, like, go their separate ways. I mean, they could still have, like, two people, like, stay together. Nick Armstrong over in the uh, Twitch chat says, can he stand on his own, though? I mean, that is the question. I don't know. I think maybe, and that's why you send him to NXT to learn to do things on his own in front of that smaller crowd. Nick says he doesn't think he can. He says, no, he can't. But yeah, again, that's he why... De- he definitely could. I think he can. That's why I think you send him to NXT to learn how to do it in front of the smaller crowd and then go from there, but we'll see. I mean, eventually he's going to go back babyface, and I think eventually he's going to end back up with his dad before Ray's retired, like fully retired. 
I mean, Dominic's already doing decent as the North American champion, so. Well, but he's got Rhea by his side helping him along the way. Now, I did, like, I said this last, or this morning on my Great American Bash review. Usually it's Rhea telling Dom what to do, but there was a backstage segment last night where Dom took the, you know, the initiative in the segment. He talked crap to Dragon Lee and then literally looked at Rhea and was like, all right, mommy, it's time to go. Usually it's Rhea telling Dom what to do and Dom when to go. So I did like that little change that they did last night. So also, Nick, his name is Luke, not Pete. <laughs> Nick, he's calling you Pete in Twitch chat. Yeah, anyways, Luke. Anyways, that was Monday Night Raw. I thought it was uh, not like we've seen better go-home shows, but at the same time, I thought this was an effective go-home show. I thought this was good for what it needed to be. And now we move into SummerSlam this Saturday. We still have SmackDown on Friday to build a couple more things up. But what I wish they would have told us was just more names for that Battle Royal and if the Battle Royal even means anything. Because right now, Battle Royal seems very random and not needed. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I honestly feel like this is just this is basically just gonna be another like random battle royal, right? Just like someone being like, "Hey, I won the battle royal," and like nothing comes from it. Like the WrestleMania battle royal forever. I don't think that has never meant anything. If I'm thinking correctly, has anybody ever gotten anything from winning the WrestleMania battle royal? I don't believe so, no. Me either. Remember those, like, special, like, matches that they do in Saudi? Like, it's basically like those as well. True. Like that greatest Royal Rumble, like, hey, Braun Strowman had that, that's, yeah. had that title that meant nothing. For a week and a half. Mansoor won, like, the, what was it, like, the oh, 50-man that's right. battle royal? Well, no, that was the greatest Royal Rumble. No. Then there's a battle royal that Mansoor won. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about now. Let's see. Uh, let me see. Now I got to figure out what that match was because it's going to bug me. I'm going to go to Mansoor's cage match really fast. Um, it was, let's see. No. Saudi. He won. See. He beat. Nope, that's Dolph. Mm. No, I'm not seeing any Battle Royal win. They definitely did a Battle Royal. Like, well, it's not on his... That they had Mansoor win. Not on his cage, man. Well, hold on, hold on. Maybe I need to go back another page on his cage and see. That's 2020. Let's go back another year. Here we go. You're right. This was it was 2019. He won a 50 man battle royal. Yep, you were right. I didn't realize it was because I vaguely remember the match. I didn't think it was that long ago. But yeah, it was 2019. So holy crap. Yeah, I kept thinking around that time. I was like, what's next? Like a 20-man elimination chamber where you have like 20 pods? Mm-hmm. I mean, I still remember seeing him before he got signed by WWE um, in a match where the bottom rope broke and they had to work the whole match without a bottom rope. 
No, Top uh, Rope. I remember was, that. I think it was Top Rope. Best of the West show here in Fresno. Hey, you got to improvise, you know? Right. And that's when his gimmick was that he was still, like, his gimmick when he was on the indies was that he was a 17-year-old kid still learning to wrestle. Yes, Nick. Nick says his Best of the West still rocking. Yes, I actually took the kids to a Best of the West show here in Fresno a month and a half, two months ago. And I think we're going to go to another one next month. So... Yeah, my kids loved it because, like, they've been to a few WWE shows, but they loved the Best of the West show. They're literally third row from the ring because it's in a small gym, the show was. And so it's like everyone in there is close up on the ring. They've never been that close. And then they got to meet Juicy Finau after the show as well. They're like, oh, my God, I got to talk to a wrestler? My son thought that was the coolest thing in the world. He's like, I got to talk to a wrestler. And then Juicy, if you've seen Juicy... You know, Juicy ain't no small guy. So them talking to Juicy like this, yeah, they, they thought that was the coolest thing. Who's normally booked for that show? Best of the West? Yeah. Well, it's mainly California guys. They always have, like, wise guy on the show. Um, I don't know all the guys. because They bring in a lot of different guys from just up and down the state. I don't know if they have like, like they do have set guys, but I haven't seen enough of their stuff to know. Um, Nick says, Juicy's such a sweetheart. He's huge. Yeah. Especially when you got like my kids who my son's 5'1 and my daughter's like 4'4 four, four maybe. So yeah. But with that, you know what? We thought of tonight's Monday Night Raw. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's Monday Night Raw as we refresh these polls. Bum, 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 bum. Or as the Twitch poll does go, 100% of you liked the show. Looking over at the Twitter poll. Do we still call it Twitter or is it X? Do we call it the X poll? It's X. The X poll. Even WWE. Uh, Someone made this this meme on on that Twitter saying that like they had the AW title where it's like CM Punk sprayed the X on it saying like it's like the Twitter logo but they sprayed the X on now they call it X well even WWE has changed it up when they show their number one trending you know like hashtag WWE Raw trending number one it's got the X logo instead of the Twitter logo so like they've even updated on their end but anyways um 48% so swear to me though exactly 48% liked the show 42% thought it was just all right, and 8% did not like it. Looking over at the YouTube community poll, 69% liked the show, 20% thought it was just all right, and 11% did not like it. Some of the comments here says, loved it. Person says, looks like Seth freaking Rollins and Sami Zayn got the W. Person says, it was better than Collision. Um, I think it was as good as last week's Collision, because I thought last week's Collision was a really good show. If I'm comparing this Raw to last week's Collision, I think they were actually very equal. This person says, I wanted to see The Miz. Um, This person says it was just all right. Another one saying it was just all right. And as far as the YouTube live poll does go, 71% liked the show, 22% thought it was just all right, and 8% did not 
like it. So with that, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petkey underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petkey. With that, guys, have a great rest of your Monday. Have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you back here live on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. Have a good one, guys.